0: Hey everybody, Pastor Jeff here. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, Today's the first day of fall, 2020, and uh, I'm not sure when you're gonna be watching this, but I hope it finds you well, and I just wanna say thank you for joining us for this devotion. I got a question to get started today, and and the question is, have you ever found someone uh, who's in sin or is doing something that's wrong that you know is not right, and you wonder to yourself, should I say something? Maybe, uh, you you just you you know someone who just always seems to get away with things, or you have a coworker that uh, maybe is getting there late and leaving early. Uh, for a parent with a child, sometimes, especially um, when you're when you're raising your kids and they're and they're younger and they're in the home, uh, of course they are not getting everything right. They're not doing everything right. Do you ever ask yourself the question, well, should I say something or do I do I let it slide this time? Um do we—we'll do we, just see if he does it again, or we'll see if she—and and you're just not sure when, when to say something, when to not. Um, I know as a youth pastor, I've definitely asked myself the question um, in, in two different ways. Do I need to talk to the student, but also, do I need to go and talk to the parent about this? And, and so you kind of ask yourself the question, because obviously sin is wrong, and um, eventually we are all held accountable for our sin. Uh, we may be held accountable here on earth, but we definitely will be held accountable uh, to God for what we for what we do while we're here on the earth. So the question is, when is it your place to say something? When is it my place to say something? Um, and every situation is different. But as I was uh, as I was uh, reading uh, here recently, I came across a verse that I think gives us some biblical direction. Um, for this type of thing. Now, it doesn't answer the question, when should I go? But I think will help with it. So the, the verse is Isaiah 26, verse 10. It says this, if favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. All right, so this first part of the verse, if favor is shown to the Wicked. So, favor is just talking about um, being gracious or to even to show pity or to be merciful towards someone. Um, so, it's this idea in my mind, anyways, it's like, well, it's not a big deal. We'll just let it go. Well, it's just one time. Um, I'm not going to say anything right now. And it's just this idea of, of, um, just being gracious, saying, look, I, I can I can live with that. I don't have to, I don't have to say anything, I don't have to do anything about that. I'm just gonna let it go. It's not a big deal. And um, in fact, you might even treat them well even though they're doing something that's wrong to gain favor with them. Um and, and it's this idea of just treating someone well even though they are wicked, it says, when favor is shown to the wicked. So um, what are we talking about here with wicked? Well, it's just someone who's committed either a, a sin or possibly even a crime, although probably day-to-day more likely we're dealing with people that have sinned, not committed um, a crime. And, um, and so um, that's who this verse is talking about, those who are, who are sinning, those who have done wrong. And so the observation is this. If, if someone who sins is never corrected, they will not learn what is right. If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. Um, So we often quote the verse, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So why do children need training? Because they choose to do what is wrong. And so as parents, we teach our children what is right, because that's not always what comes naturally to them. Um, as as Christians, as as adults, as a church, why are we called to make disciples? Well, because just because someone becomes saved, someone becomes a Christian, doesn't mean they know everything. They have to be taught. They have to be trained. They have to have things explained to them. So if we're always just uh, turning a blind eye, if we're saying, "Oh, it's okay," well, maybe next time it's not that big of a deal then we're missing the opportunity to teach righteousness to someone. Um, so that doesn't make it your responsibility or my responsibility to be the sin place to everybody. Uh, you know, noting infractions and making corrections and leaving sticky notes on your coworkers desk, uh, telling them what they did wrong, um, that, that's, that's not our role. Uh, sometimes it's your role or sometimes it's my role to correct someone. Sometimes it's really not our role. And so we're not so much getting into that in this devotion. But this is an observation. If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. If someone who is in sin is not corrected, if someone in sin is, um, is not called out, then they don't learn what is right. And uh, we, see that, we see that more and more with kids who are not growing up in the, in the church, who don't have a biblical upbringing uh, that's becoming more and more prevalent in our culture. And so if we don't take the time to teach what is right, then they just continue to do what is wrong. So the second half of the verse, it says, In the land of uprightness he deals correctly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. So the first part of the verse, the observation is, if you don't correct somebody, they're not going to know what's right but even more significant here in the second half of the verse they will not see the majesty of the lord so okay you've got this person he's he's doing wrong she's doing wrong for whatever reason they're continuing to get away from it and and everyone else seems to do what be doing what's right and maybe you know someone maybe someone in your family is that way uh, maybe somebody at your workplace is that way. Maybe somebody in, in your circle of friends is that way. And, and, and everyone just kind of knows, but nobody says. And so there's this person. Um, they're living in the land of uprightness. You know, everyone seems to be doing what's right except for this one person. They're acting corruptly. They do not see the majesty of the Lord. So that's huge, Okay, so think about majesty as excellent things, dignity, the greatness of the Lord, the dignity of the Lord, the excellent things of the Lord. That person who is choosing to do wrong, who's living in sin, who's making bad choices, does not see the majesty of the Lord. All right, how does that work? Well, for the unbeliever, they don't know the majesty of the Lord because they're not saved, And if they continue to do what's wrong, and nobody ever says to them, do you you know that your sin separates you from God? Do you know that God wants to have a relationship with you? But the choices we make separate us from God. But God sent his son Jesus to to come to the earth. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins. If we don't share that initial truth of salvation to somebody, then they continue in sin. They don't see the majesty of the Lord because they're not a Christian. And that is a huge, huge travesty that someone would go through life and nobody would tell them that their sin is separating them from God, but they have the opportunity to have a relationship with God. So there's the unbeliever. Um, they're, They're living in the land of uprightness. He's dealing corruptly and he does not see the majesty of the Lord. But also for the believer who is in sin, They don't see the majesty of the Lord in the the way that they could be because their fellowship with God has been broken by their sin. In the same way that sin separates an unbeliever from God, sin separates the believer from God. Not in the same way, but uh, 1 John especially talks about the fellowship that we have with God and how that fellowship, even as a Christian, can be broken because of our sin. Doesn't mean we're not saved, but it means we're not have, we don't have the same close intimacy with God when we have sin that's undealt with. Uh, so in that sense, we're not seeing the full majesty of God, the full glory of God, because this sin is separating us. Not permanently, not completely, but partially, that fellowship is broken. Uh, So they're not, as a Christian, when you're living in sin, when you're making bad choices and uh, you're not seeking forgiveness, you're not making things right, you're not confessing your sin, then we're not seeing the full um, excellencies of God. We're not living the abundant life that God has for us. So two things that makes me think that we can do um, as Christians, thinking about this verse. Let me read the verse to you again. If favor is shown to the wicked he does not learn righteousness. In the land of unrighteousness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. So someone who has sin in their life, one, if it's not corrected, then they don't learn what's right. And two, uh, if it continues, they don't see the majesty of the Lord. And so the two reasons why we need to do something about this. So what can we do? Well, uh, Psalm 139, 23 and 24, you probably know these verses or have heard them. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me or corrupt way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So notice the first step isn't to look around and see who's doing what, something that's wrong so you could go correct them. The first thing is to say, to God, search me, God, know my heart, try me, know my thoughts, see if there be any grievous way in me. It's implicated there that he, that if God saw something, he would tell you. And so that we're willing to receive and to hear where we have sin in our lives and be willing to confess that, be willing to make that right so that we're not the wicked who's not seeing righteousness, who's not seeing the majesty of the Lord. Then the second thing would be to uh, be in prayer with the Lord uh, for for opportunity um, to show someone the way of righteousness. Now, I want to be careful when I say that. I, I'm not saying that you wake up in the morning and you pray, okay, God, help me to see where people are sinning so I can make I can correct them. That's not that's not what we're talking about. If you are a parent, um, God has placed children in your life, and that it, and you are to bring them up in the ways of the Lord. So if you are a parent with your children this is the position that God's put you in. You've been put in a position to train your child in the way of righteousness. And so this the, this verse definitely applies to you as a parent. If you're a Sunday school teacher, if you're, maybe you lead a small group, uh, you're involved with the youth, you're involved with 252 kids, um, these are definitely uh, roles of responsibility. Uh, not in the same way as a parent, but definitely uh, where you wanna be involved in the kids' lives. and. Point them in the way of righteousness and help them to see when they're making bad choices. If you're in a marriage, then you have these opportunities with your spouse. Uh, probably daily, if you're like Sarah and I, we've got to have an opportunity every day to uh, speak truth to each other. It's not condemnation. Uh, it's not a, a sense of lording over one of each other, but it's mutual building, a mutual edification. You're building each other up together. If you if you're at a workplace uh, and you're in a supervisory role well then this is your again this is your place if you don't teach your employees um, if you don't correct them when they're wrong they're not going to learn the right ways uh, so this verse has some real implications now um, if you are uh, a, a co-worker or you have a mutual friend this is where you want to pray pray to the Lord about um, is it my place to say something? Is it my time to say something? Again, we're not called to be the sin police. One, uh, if you're dealing with a believer, they have the Holy Spirit within them to convict them of sin. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Uh, If you're dealing with unbelievers, Again, you, your job isn't to tell them to do all the things they're doing wrong. They're not Christians, so they, don't, they don't, may not even have a, an understanding of, of right and wrong, and they're sim- certainly not necessarily using the Bible as their standard. They need to know who Jesus is. But there are opportunities, and let the Spirit guide uh, you, as you as you navigate some of these um, areas where you're just kind of on a mutual level with, with the other person, if this, is, if this is your role or not. A lot of times our role is not to um, necessarily say, you're wrong right here and you need to fix this, but um, you can use this opportunity like I am right here with you this morning. Look, you know, I was reading my Bible and I saw this verse and it's just made me thought, wow. Um, we really do want people to learn righteousness. We want people to see the majesty of the Lord. So if that means talking about somebody's sin, then um, I, I need to be willing to do that. You you can um, approach these situations from an encouraging, edifying, building up perspective as opposed to uh, just coming out with your finger down on somebody and say, this is where you're wrong and you need to fix it. That's not what we're asking, uh, or not, that's not what this verse is asking us to do. Um, so anyways, these are some things that I've just been mulling over and um, Really take some time to pray through this, to think about this, Um, but there there is a truth in here. If favor is shown to the wicked, he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. And uh, so think about those things with me today, if you would. Ask the Lord how um, that might change some of your interactions with uh, the, the people that um, you get to interact with. I'll do the same with the people that I get, interact, get to interact with. And boy, it would, would be great if we had stories of people seeing the majesty of the Lord because they've been uh, under further or a better understanding of what it means to follow him. So um, love you guys. Thanks for tuning in with us on this devotion. Um, when we were in the middle of COVID, I said a lot during these videos why don't you call a couple people and just check in on them, make sure they're doing okay. I think that's a great habit for us to continue as a church family. So hope that you'll put some thought into doing that this week as well. And I always look forward to seeing you soon.